Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of All Consuming Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about August Burns Red, their new album, Death Below. But before that, I have some housekeeping to do and I will make it quick. First, Tyler and I were just interviewed by the Christian Metal Facebook group, and it's like a video interview that we did, and it's on their YouTube if you want to check it out. It was a great interview. Uh, we talked about who we are, why we do this podcast, and like where our heart is at in this. But if you have a Facebook, we recommend you join their group and chat with tens of thousands of people from all over the world and different backgrounds and beliefs. Second, for those that didn't know, I have been putting timestamps in the details of the episode, the bio, whatever you want to call it. So if you really don't want to hear us talk so much or you just want to jump to a certain part that you want to hear, there's timestamps for where we start songs, that kind of stuff. So you can jump ahead to the parts that you do want to hear. Third, patrons, thank you. We wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you. And so a special shout out to Peter, Adam, Trey, Heavy Metal Prophet. And let me see if I can do this one right. His name is I Did It For The Mug. We appreciate you guys. All right, here's the episode. So Tyler, what's new? I haven't seen you. I mean, I haven't seen you or heard from you since our last one. You know, I'm actually doing, I'm doing great. Um, It's coming up on uh, the last day of school. And so recording this, tomorrow is our last day of school. Nice. Yeah, so that's a uh, half day tomorrow and then got the rest of this week of football and then it's summer vacation must be nice to have a summer off huh i mean i don't get paid for it so there's that but i'll pay I mean, you it's still cool yeah it's come, nice. ha- it's... come hang out with me and make my coffee and stuff for work and <laughs> I'll, I'll be i'll give you like five bucks a day okay i'm down cool. it's like the thing about like having summers off it's cool you know but like sometimes there's just like when you plan your vacations there's places you can't go in the summer Right. I mean, like you can, but it's going to be unbearable. You can't go to Arizona. (laughs) You know, you can't go to Florida. You can, but it's not going to be great. So this summer, um, we're planning a trip to uh, Vancouver and Victoria, British Columbia. Sweet. So we're going up to Canada for the 4th of July. Actually, we'll be up there. So that's going to be weird. It's like the most uh, American thing somebody could do is go to a different country on the 4th of July. (laughs) So we'll bring our own fireworks and just go, you know, yeehawing on it. So I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, I'm excited for summer break. I think we'll, uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. What's new I'm, with you? I'm, I'm a little jealous, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of things new with me. Um, first of all, my son had surgery this, you know, almost two weeks ago now. Oh, he yeah. has adenoids and tonsils taken out. Boy. Rough. Yeah, I mean, the first day after, you know, of surgery and stuff, like, piece of cake. They're, like, warning us about stuff. And I'm like, ah, he seems just fine. He's eating all all kinds of food. Yeah. But probably, like, three or four days in, he just decided he doesn't want to eat. Oh. And he also hated his pain medication, which is just ibuprofen and stuff and Tylenol, but, like, every three hours alternating, just, like, so much of it. And he's like, he would prefer to feel the pain than to drink that stuff. Yeah. And I was like, doesn't it hurt to swallow? Like, you, he wasn't doing anything except sucking on ice cubes. And, like, now that he's, like, talking again and playing and eating food again, like, uh, he's just so so much skinnier. Like, you can see it, like, really? in his collarbone. Yeah. Like, his shoulders and stuff. Just like, in that short amount of time. Yeah. I mean, it was, like, I don't know, eight, 10 days maybe until oh, wow. he got back to normal. But, you know, and he, like, wouldn't talk. He'd, like, hit you and, like, point at stuff and be like, eh. <laughs> 
you know, like doing yeah. sign language. I'm like, you want me to go upstairs. Okay. Why? It's like, why do you want me to go upstairs? Yeah. But, uh, so that's been an exciting thing. And Jen's grandma from Georgia came to visit us for a week and she stayed here for a while. And then now she's at, uh, Jen's aunt's house and then she'll be back here before they, she heads back. But, uh, but yeah. And more excitingly, I saw Striper. I mean, I don't know. I think I might take a kid getting his tonsils taken out over Striper, dude. Come I'd on. rather my child go through surgery and have a difficult time than watch Striper. Okay, so you saw Striper, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, I was talking to you about this before, and I was like, you know, Striper, really? You're like, you know, it's it's the foundation of, like, the, the Christian metal band that made it kind of mainstream, that made it big. Like, you got to, mm-hmm. you know, give tribute to the people that came before. And so... Was it great? It was. I mean, I grew up listening or hearing Striper because my dad was very into him. Right. Uh, and I so I, I know like probably four songs. Um, and I re-listened to like his their newest album. And musically, the, pr- the production and stuff on their newer stuff is way better than their older stuff, in my opinion. But yeah. at the same time, their older stuff is like correct for the genre and era. So it's like, I prefer that because sure. it's like, it's good music, like our kind of music. But then Michael Sweet's doing his <laughs> over the top. And I'm just like, yeah, this feels weird with this quality of drums and, and this quality of guitar riffs and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, seeing them live, it was great that just seeing it was mostly like a bunch of old dudes and a bunch of young people like really? teenagers. I felt like there's dads bringing their kids but like, this is what I listened to as a kid, you know? But uh, so you didn't yeah. feel like the the youngest person in the room? No, I was definitely middle aged, dude. Because like <laughs> I felt like at the Killswitch show we went to, August Burns Red Killswitch, we felt like we were kind of the young ones there. Yeah, and we There's were a lot know, of older Killswitch fans. Yeah, in our early thirties, we feel like everyone was like forties, fifties. You know, yeah. easy. Um, and so that was like that was like an aisle burst. So it wasn't like that. No, no. There's definitely an older crowd. Sure like 60s uh but there's there is like i don't know probably at least 30 uh, uh you know 20 and under yeah. kind of thing like it was very surprising um but yeah i went with my buddy and my dad went and a bunch of my dad's friends were there and family and so it was a good time i mean you know striper they played a lot of christian stuff and uh they wailed, and I mean, every song had guitar solos. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, you know, two hours in, you're like, I think I know this song, even though I haven't heard it before. <laughs> you're going to start with a guitar solo. Yeah. Michael Sweet's going to go, ah, for That's like a, good, a minute. Dude. And then, like, the three-fourths of the way through, instead of a breakdown, there'll be two guitars doing guitar solos. Right. right? So it's just very riff-heavy, which is really cool. Like, I mean... I had a good time. I think it's if they're going to your town and you're on the fence, I would say do it. Um, yeah. Unless you're like Tyler and you're just like say no <laughs> Dude, to uh, power metal. I sort of feel bad about this, but I did take some street cred for Striper, even though I don't like Striper. <laughs> so we had a we had a church potluck. Stolen last... glory is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs> we had a church potluck after uh, after church, you know, and it's a. Uh, southern baptist type deal like potluck everyone brings food and it's sure. like a thing you do you know and we brought our lawn chairs out we ate outside you know there was smoked meat and all that great stuff and so we're eating you know and and inevitably like 
with any social gathering of any kind in my life now, somehow the podcast gets brought up, right? I don't and know I, how you do I that because no dude, one talks about dude, it. Dude, I me. swear, like, I'm not the one bringing it up, you know? Like, I don't want... <laughs> That's like, all Tyler talks about. Yeah, <laughs> Just like... stay away from him. My, my pastor, he sent me this meme recently, and it was like, um, it was basically like a picture of me. He snapped when I wasn't looking with my with my legs like crossed like sitting kind of proper and he's like did you know that i have a podcast and it was like memed <laughs> i'm like dude i don't ever do that it just comes up you know what i mean uh, like it just it just comes up like somebody's like so what do you do for fun and i'm like well i do this and you know i have a podcast or whatever you know i just like talk about it or they ask me about it because they heard from someone else yeah yeah, yeah. anyway so one of our associate pastors he was sitting next to me and he's talking and he's like so you have a you have a podcast. And I was like, yeah, you know, and he's like, so what is it on? And I told him like heavy, like Christian music, like scream. I always have to preface it and say, yeah, it's like, if it's you screamo. say metal people, yeah. you know, Think there's striper. like, well, yeah, there's so many ways to take that. Right. And if you say heavy, you know, I don't like, I don't like saying extreme. Cause then it's <laughs> like, they're going to think black metal or something, right, you know, right. it's like not, not that extreme. Like, but yeah, I get you. Yeah. You kind of have to just say screamo, you know? And so he was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what are some, you know, bands? And I'm like, yeah. Oh. You're like, oh, I'm on the spot. I actually don't know anything. Let me text Gary. <laughs> <laughs> August Burns Red. Uh, uh, under, no, they're not Christian anymore. Um, uh, uh, you know. Like, <laughs> no, no. Um, but anyways, and that's he fine. didn't hear about any of them. And then, um, so kind of a little awkward for a little bit. But then I was like, but did you know that my buddy who does the podcast with me, he's at Striper. Or, yeah, it was Sunday. He's at Striper. Mm-hmm. And I think you went on that right Sunday two weeks yep. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It was that day, and I was like, my buddy right now is at Striper, <laughs> and they're like, no way! Like they knew it. They're like we grew up on that. Like that's what yeah, we listened to. Yeah. And like that was like they were like all in it, you know. And I'm like, yeah, you know. But deep down inside, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I sold my soul for just like a little bit of like. Let me get you guys on board here. And they started talking about Striper and then, um, gosh, what's the other one? Pretty right, like popular. Petra, White Cross. Petra, Petra. And then Petra. And this guy's like, I have six Petra CDs and that was my jam and oh, yeah, all yeah. this stuff. And That's so, so funny. Um, you know, I, I just kind of played along and it was it was good. I took the credit for it, you know, but it was really <laughs> you that did it. I went I went for like a bucket list item, you know, right. like you got to see them when you have the chance. And you couldn't even tell that they were like, you know, old. Right. But uh like they had tons of energy. They were great on stage. I think you missed out. They they told us that they loved Spokane so much that they're going to come again next year for their 40-year anniversary tour or something like that. Yeah. 40 years? Yeah. That's actually it's crazy, but then you think like August Burns Reds on 20. Yeah. It's not that crazy. It's not that crazy. We're next. Yeah. My son will go to it and be like, I don't know. My dad listened to August Burns a lot when (laughs) I was a kid and felt like, you know, I should go listen to these old people music, you know. Dude, that's totally going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to (laughs) be so weird. Right. Dude. And, and just kind of a good little segue of August Burns Red, I think, but like August Burns Red though, like. I think if you go to August Burns Red show, it's going to be a super like diverse age group of people, right? It's not the kill switch older people that we saw. It's not just like 
our age, I think they're still, because there's consistently music being put out over these 20 years, they're still getting fans, right? Yeah. Um, so maybe maybe there'll be a little bit of, uh, like, you know, think of bands like that transcended time, like, I don't know, Aerosmith or something, right? Like, <laughs> okay, they're old, and then they did, like, Dream On, but they also did that Armageddon song, you know, or something like that. Okay, that was a terrible terrible example i get your uh what you're thinking but yeah, yeah. generational yeah because if you do it so long if you do it so long you're gonna have a lot of fans and maybe that's why striper like you said at the show maybe that's why there's two groups of people i mean i don't know if they're putting out like music like august burns red well does. i mean all the, a lot of those kids that were there were wearing like metallica shirts and okay. maybe you know the whole metallica Fit resurgence yeah, maybe they're like, oh, there's a Christian Metallica. Even though, to me, a Christian Metallica is closer to, like, Living Sacrifice. But Living Sacrifice is heavier. Right, yeah. But anyway, back to our segue, huh? Oh, yeah. So today, thanks for hanging in there with us. <laughs> uh, we're talking about August Burns Red, Death Below. Mm. Um, we put up a question on our Discord to be like, what should we talk about? And plenty of people were like, I mean, we gave them a huge list, huge. like lots of bands, lots of stuff. And everyone was like, ABR would be cool, but you should do Oh Sleeper. And it's like, ABR would be cool, but you should do, you know, and it's so yeah. we got a lot of ABRs and then a lot of onesie twosie, a lot of Oh Sleeper. Right. There is a lot of that. And I think like we were kind of like, we should do something new because we've done some older ones as of late. So throwing yeah. in a new one would be good. Yeah. So here we are. We're talking about Death Below. So I'm going to throw down a bunch of information. Oh. I hope you guys like it. So the this album came out March 24th of this year, 2023, yeah. which is like right around our birthdays. It is the 10th album. That blew me away. I didn't know we were already on 10. 10th Insane. studio album. and But it's the first one through this record label, which is Sharp Tone Records. Yeah. And the album was produced by the a usual two that have done their work, Carson Slovak and Grant McFarland. Um. And those guys have produced a lot of stuff. And they have, like, a studio together. So they're, like, their names are together on a lot of stuff. Right. Um, I had a huge list of all the stuff that they worked on. But I'm not going to read that list because it was literally very long. But <laughs> they've done a lot of August Burns Red albums. They've done, t like, Texas in July. Um, and huh. they're from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which so was August Burns Red. ABR, so, yeah. The lineup of the band has not changed in, I don't know, what, 15 years? 2004? Yeah. Six? I don't know. One of, messengers? Pushing Messengers. Yeah. Yeah. And that lineup is Jake Lears, lead vocals, J.B. Brudebaker, lead guitar, Brent Rambler, rhythm guitar, uh, Dustin Davidson on bass and backing vocals, Matt Greiner, drums, and piano <laughs> for this album. Yeah. Um, and this album has four guest features which are pretty cool. August which Avengers I think is a little different. Like ABR does definitely have features, but I feel like four is yeah, way more yeah. Than It's usual. usually like one. Like yeah. they had that one ghost with a, a date to remember on it. You Jeremy know? McKinnon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this one's got Jesse Leach, best known for Kill Switch Engage. Man, this is the most times we said Kill Switch Engage on an episode ever, bro. I hope this We've is said a, it like 10 times. This might be the third to last time I say it. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's also in that Times of Grace side project of theirs yeah which is pretty cool good good christian not metalcore i don't know what to call that new metal 
I don't even know. Um, the other guest vocal, not vocalist, guest guitarist yeah. is Jason Richardson. Uh, and he is, he's known for being the guitarist in Born of Osiris and Chelsea Grin, but currently he's an, an official member of All That Remains. Really? So, yeah. And he's on tightrope, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that today. Yep. Uh, the third guest was JT Cavey. I think I'm saying his last name right. But he is known for being in ERA. Uh, he's their harsh vocalist and probably more predominantly to us, maybe, Texas in July. Uh, but only for their album Bloodwork. Before that was a different vocalist. Yeah. So I personally really enjoy ERA and Texas in July. So I loved hearing him on that on that song. Yeah. And then the fourth guest is Spencer Chamberlain from a band probably no one's ever heard of. I, I've never heard of him. Yeah, the band's called like Under Oath. <laughs> Has like a weird O on it. But uh, that was a surprising guest feature. Uh, not not that he was on it, but what he did and how it was performed was very surprising. So can't so wait to good. talk about that one. So yeah. freaking good. I can't wait to talk about it. So um, that's kind of all my details. Um, I do think overall, like this album is, it's kind of different than all their other ones. Cause we have a yeah. lot of very long songs and they're very dynamic. And I mean, I think we got a lot to talk about today. It's like, it, it is different. And I think you go from guardians, the most, the previous, most recently released album to this. And it's like not a different band, but like different style and we're always on august burns red or people always are they sound the same they sound the same i don't think there's there are some sounds that are similar right but there was so much more chuggy chuggy chugginess of guardians to now it feels like man there's like atmospheric maybe yeah yeah or even like black metal Mm -hmm. weird different things you know i think they're trying so i think yeah we have to like kind of a little bit put to rest this idea that august burns red puts out the same cd every two years i mean i get like if you're on if you don't care about metalcore you're gonna think it sounds all the same if you listen to as much metalcore as the rest of us i think you're gonna say no this is pushing the edge of metalcore um a little bit i will say there's like there's a handful of songs that are just cookie cutter metalcore, and I right. would bring them up because they're probably my favorite songs. <laughs> Same, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah. So with that, I, I mean, you, you got anything else you want to add? Are you ready to jump in? I, I, I will say before we get going, like, Death Below. Even though like I was pretty stoked on the release, it wasn't for some reason like a listen I had to have like in March. I was listening to something else, you know, probably Turnstile or something. <laughs> but I was listening to something else. Most definitely Turnstile. And <laughs> I I put on the singles, you know, and I just wasn't, like, super, like, in it. I was like, ah, it's good, it's good, it's good. But, like, giving this a chance, like, it'll be interesting at the end to talk about album rank. But I think my rank will surprise you. Now that you say that, I feel like it will. Because maybe my rank will surprise you. We'll see. Let's All dive right. in, dude. So the first song we're doing, uh, we're doing six today, Yep. and I hope you like them. Uh, we're also going to do bonus episode for all of our patrons of all the songs we don't talk about. That's right. So if we miss one that you really like, find a friend who's a patron and try to steal the bonus episode from them. Or 
or just become buy us a, patron, a cup of coffee, you know? dude. Yeah, one month. It's all you need, and you get all of our bonus stuff for all of eternity, and then you can cancel and be whatever. <laughs> anyway. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First song we chose to do is The Cleansing. So, Gary, this is a little different. Um, Gary, for those listening, me, um, <laughs> he chose all the songs we're going to talk about on the episode that were released, not the bonus. He said, we're going to do these six because I was so indecisive. Yeah. And he so just said, I, I just like highlighted like six songs I really like. <laughs> I didn't even do any thought yet thinking you'd be like, how about? And you're just like, OK, I'm like, oh, crap, <laughs> we have to do these six. Yeah, and so we're doing it, and I just realized, like, as I'm making my notes for this, Gary picked the two eight-minute long songs. <laughs> like, okay, like that. I mean, I get it, and which is, I do feel like that's also a little different for August Burns Red. We're not you're used to getting yeah, yeah. eight-minute songs, and that's what we get with the cleansing, and it is very dynamic. Okay, um, from the intro right away into like super high fast tempo drums and a sound that I think is very black metal-ish what part? If that makes sense just like the and then like the beats and like you know kind of like the tremolo like uh, uh, kind of like going back and forth like picking instead of like chugs like yeah building like a big ambience yeah, yeah. Like, like to me that sounds like what like typical black metal is which is a different sound i think than what guardians put out and it's not just on the cleansing but that's what stood out right away for me was like okay premonition before right it's kind of like this intro song just leads into the cleansing and then boom unique sound you know so i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool actually so i know jb said in an interview that there's a lot of black metal pieces in in it um, maybe not full black metal, but like it feels like there's maybe some elements. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I will never say that. 
Do you listen? Maybe. I don't know, dude. That that literally the drums, and I guess it's blast beats. To me, the drums are like that's it. I don't know. It's it like black metal to me is like if there's any quality, it can't be black <laughs> metal because <laughs> it has to be like distorted or. I, and I kind of said it on Discord today, talking with someone about why they like black metal, and I was like, "This is why I like metalcore." And we're trying to figure each other out, but uh, and, and basically, I, I said that I thought black metal was very rounded around the edges. Nothing was ever in your face. It was very like one solid wavelength of noise. Uh, where I feel like yeah. metalcore is like super loud and fast and in your face, and then kind of quiet and pulled back, and then it's very you know changes a lot. Yeah, I really like this song. Um, I love the way Premonition builds into it uh, because, so, I mean, you know me. I'm an album guy. You are. Uh, right as soon as this thing came out, I wasn't super stoked because the singles didn't get me that excited. Right. Like, I was like, August Burns Red, it's like pizza. It's good. It doesn't really yeah. matter. Um, but that, that Premonition got me excited just on a new way of starting an album because August Burns Red is usually like, you know, fast song right away you know get you attention this was like slow and builds and uh so it builds into this song and i know they're originally designed or written to be like one piece but you know a 10 minute song is probably a turn off for tyler <laughs> sign off and most it. of the metalcore fan yeah. base but uh yeah i like the song uh very much musically it, it got my attention this song specifically i immediately like i think i texted you tyler and was like yeah. this song is amazing you need to check out this album like please be as stoked as i am sure uh how about i jump into lyrics right now dive baby this one's tough <laughs> a lot of them are tough i think um I, I think most of the band wrote a lot a lot more equally um yeah. so it's not just like you know jake or, or matt um and this song was written during covid and it was written by jb lyrically well musically probably too but uh and I'll, I'll use his words but he said that it talks about an unseen evil or force that takes over mankind and is destroying the planet covid right like that's how i took it right because of when it was written and that um but there are some pieces in here some elements of lyricism that remind me of the bible um yeah. and i don't know if they were intentional or not um and i don't know jb if he's a believer or not he's not outspoken about it he's not like jake or matt that are like yes we're christians you know he right. keeps to himself um no judgment here but uh i really like that uh i, I think this is one of the better written lyrics in on the album I like that. So this song talks about a silent foe that's in the intro track, right? There's like a silent foe who's faceless and nameless and a great evil, right? A bad guy that's watching the earth. And he's, he's saying in the song lyrically from that guy's perspective that it's a world filled with sin that they're repeating over and over. Every generation is doing the same thing. And it says that he begged for relief. You begged for relief. And now I bring the cleansing. Mm. Um, and it says, you know, come now, watch the fall. And he's right. like, you know, I'm going to end this and like destruction's going to happen. And basically someone stands up and rallies the people to fight off the evil, whatever. It's kind of becomes an anthem, you know, kind of song at the end of that. But yeah. Have you, are there any lyrics that stick out to you that like, you know, hook you? I think, I think like the idea of this being about the pandemic is definitely true from like a zoomed out version 
right? Like when you're in it and like, if you remember, I mean, obviously we remember, but the beginning of it, like just how, like the world stopped, right? Um, things yeah. stopped for a so while. So much, like, like birthdays and, yeah. you know, family members in the hospital and they're like, you can't say goodbye. Right. They're dying. They have to die alone. It's like, what is happening? Like, yeah, just craziness, you know, like yeah. you couldn't even, like even thinking about it, um, seems like fiction because we talk about i talk to my students too like just thinking like last year like we were wearing masks every day and we were cleaning and we were separated and um then the year before we were at home doing school Mm -hmm. and it was it was it was wild and so the world stopped and like you look at it and it's like all it took was that you know and you can talk about the severity of covid and all that stuff and um what's come to be but like the idea that there's just something just waiting to, to to stop us, and all of our little like arguments and our sinning, like we continue to do, like that means nothing when the cleansing happens. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, it, it's a pretty interesting piece. I do like the idea of like when this was written, there was probably like this idea of like, well, what if this brings us all together? Like, what if everybody like gets on the same page and we fight this thing or whatever, you know, like this no idea. <laughs> but, yeah. that, you know, I think like the very beginning, there was like this idea of like, we're going to do this. Yeah, I think so too. You're going to flatten the curve, everybody. Let's do this. Right. And then like whatever, whatever political leaning you have, then there was like this, like, well, this side's saying this, and now we're going to take this side of the extreme. The other side is like, well, we can't let those guys win, so we got to do the other side. And it was like this push and pull, and like the divide, instead of getting like less, got bigger. Yeah. And here we are today. I think you're getting into another song here. I'm very close, yes. <laughs> but I think it's a very similar theme. Um, yeah. And so this idea of like, well, what if somebody, in a sense, like us as a people, like actually grew together you think of like a zombie movie or whatever they they rise up and they fight this um this thing together and they become stronger because of it Mm -hmm. um don't know if that happened but i think this is kind of a wishful thinking song at the very end yeah and i don't i don't know if like uh, this guy that stood up in the song to rally the people who it was meant to be just a random person who fought against the rage of this, you know, evil foe. Yeah. But there's that part, the awesome, like breakdown. I don't know if it's a breakdown or what, but yeah, where he's, you know, it like becomes very epic and very like symphonic, I want to say, but where he says from the throne mm. to the thorns, yeah, which is a reference to Jesus. I think, I think Maybe. it's about Jesus. Yeah. I don't know, you know, cause throne thorns, but then it gets very epic and builds from there. Um, Christian imagery, whether intended For or not. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so, I mean, the song, there's so many pieces that I could talk about that I love, right? Like, you were talking about those blast beats, and there's, like, a choir in the background that's like, ooh, ah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. at the three-minute mark-ish around there. Um, and, you know, there's, like, these intense screaming at the beginning that just starts so shrill, and... Then there's cool guitar riffs with this chunky bass guitar in the oh, background. That, yeah, right? That's like how they part, end yeah. it. And it's just so many different sounds and things going on on this song. And I think it's a lot of fun. 
I think some metalcore fans might not like it because it very it dabbles in a lot of sounds and like sure does. Uh, like I mean it starts gets kind of angry and gloomy. It gets happy and epic. It gets you know and it ends on a very super happy outro. Like yeah. like why is that guy screaming? This is such a happy guitar tone. Um, you know why you like it? I know why you like it. Why do I like it? At like five minutes in, it's it's just Christmas burns red. Like that's Did, with that's that what bass guitar, yeah. And like, that little like the 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 tone, the happy plucking guitar, man, like the atmosphere. I think it's too happy. It's more like a spring song. Yeah, it, but it has that March, kind of you know? has that feeling to it. It's and an you're Easter totally song. Wrong. It's very <laughs> it's very happy to be screaming to. There's no angry riffage, mm-hmm. which is what makes me think of the Christmas burns red. Like because these are like happy Jesus yeah. is born yeah. songs, you know. Yeah, but. Yeah, so that's why I think you like it, and that's why I think I'm not like the biggest fan of it. I think this is one of my top three songs on the album. I'll say number three. It's my number three song. Is that the best way to describe what it is like atmospheric or like? I don't know. You get like it's like a feeling. Like you, the music, the instruments are making there's you a feel lot of a sounds, way. right? Yeah, yeah. Like you know, metalcore is very good at like stopping guitar notes, like chugga chugga chugga. Thud, right. thud, dun, dun, whatever, right? It doesn't carry a lot of symphony. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like musical notes and stuff like that. So I think they do a lot of stuff like that. Plus, you know, there's always a guitar and playing, always doodling something, always. <laughs> that's definitely, that's a great description. It is doodling. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I think there's a there is a fan base of that that comes from the flurries on you know um august burns red christmas stuff or comes from like they've done that in other albums that maybe aren't my favorite but there is a fan group that likes it yeah they they do it on like rescue and restore yes um, a lot and on um the other the album we did an episode on leveler leveler thank you where they kind of like dabble in these other genres like yeah it's like all of a sudden there's a banjo or here's like you know, some brass instruments or Spanish guitar stuff, or we're going to go acoustic Uh, and they kind of do that, but they, I think they keep it metal the whole way. Right. On this one. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's a lot of talking about a seven minute song and (laughs) seven minutes. There's so much in it too. And I think that's part of the problem is unless you're paying attention to the whole seven minutes and taking notes about everything you're hearing, like it's a lot to take in and maybe you only pay attention to the chorus. You know, come now, watch the fall. And you're like, eh, that's all I remember from the cleansing. Uh, You know, it was all right. Next song, you know. And I think it's very easy because of the speed of the song, like just the tempo. Everything happens so fast. Maybe people miss out on these really cool parts that are only 20 seconds long. Right. And you got to do yourself a favor and have good headphones and listen to it, not just in your car, you know, or not just – on your speakers at work, like you got to make sure you have good headphones because there's a lot of sounds. Yeah. And the other thing I like, right? I'm an album guy. So I'm going to say this like a bunch of times. <laughs> Every song builds into the next one. Like it's one continuous song, the whole album. Right. And like literally the way this one ends is like it builds into Ancestry. And like you don't even know that it happens. You're just like, oh, okay, here we go. And, oh, it's actually the next song. Like you don't really know until you're looking at the track name. And you're like, "What? We changed songs." Yeah, I like that a lot too. Yeah, 
And I don't feel like that's always been the case with August Burns Red. No, I don't think so. You know, and it is interesting, though, because, like, thematically, I don't think... There's some themes that are similar throughout, but this isn't a concept album, right? This isn't, like, some, like, huge thing like we saw with um, Haste the Day in our, in our previous episode, right? This isn't, yeah. like, this whole story of the Wolf King, you know? Um, there are some common themes, because they're writing about the pandemic in some of these songs, but others are just not. Yeah. Cool, let's move on to the next song we chose, which is Tightrope. So this song, Tightrope. Yep. Um, lyrically, uh, it's it's about taking on too much, uh, not setting boundaries, um, and struggling with the balance between work and family. Um, honestly, one of my least favorite songs. I'm surprised I picked it. I truly am. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do know why I picked it, because musically, it's just a ton of fun. Uh, it's a, like just typical august burns red yes, metalcore yes. um like i think if you heard this it'd probably remind you a lot of their previous albums more Absolutely. recently um just a lot of that you know jake lures like kind of talk shouting and then crazy guitar riffs and um but also you know jason richardson being featured like that is that guitar solo that he just rips out of there is yeah. just super fun for sure, I think that sticks out the most to me is like the guitar solo doesn't like. It is not that it doesn't fit. It's just that it's totally different than August Burns Red guitar solos, and it, yeah, like you said, it shreds. I'm not a solo guy, but I mean, it's cool. Yeah, um, I think I think for me, like what I think the song really hits its stride, and that might be like my problem with it. I didn't start to enjoy it until like halfway through. So after yeah. that guitar solo. When it comes out and like into that, I want to say a chorus or something, but just from that point on, you're just like, ah, I get this song. Right. Like, oh, like this, I like this song is so good now. That's um, the like, the, yeah, that, that guitar that's just like that kind of chuggy, like you're going with it, you're bobbing your head, you know. Um, but for me, like, I like the song, one, because it's a typical August Burns Red Metalcore song, mm-hmm. right? And we're not going to say that a lot about the rest of the songs. Like, I don't. Yeah, think so. totally. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to say that <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and like this could not necessarily could be on every album, but like maybe it could. Like just musically, it's very August Burns Red. Lyrically, I do think like this might make it one of my favorite songs. Oh, really? I like for like whatever reason like was absolutely drawn to these lyrics and the way that like. 
the way that Jake Lures is able to scream certain things, I think compared to other vocalists, like the way he just does it, I, I don't know. It makes it seem like it's more meaningful, mm-hmm. right? There's just something to it. I think like Mariana's Trench and other songs that like mean a ton to me, like the way he screams it. I, I, don't, I can't even really describe it, but um, like my favorite idea is this tightrope, you know? And like you said, I think it was Brent, their other guitarist, other than JB. I think Brent wrote this. I think that's what it said. Yeah, I think so. Um, and so he's he's writing these lyrics, but this tightrope, like you said, is this balance between like work life and family. And I can only imagine for a band like being on the road, a band like August Burns Red that tours consistently, yeah, constantly, most of, most of the year, yeah. Like they're the the reason we've seen them seven times or whatever is because they're always touring. Yep. You know, and, and so that takes a toll, I'm sure, as you get older. Like when you're 17 and you start a band, that's awesome. When you're 21, that's awesome. You get married and start having kids, not so mm, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like this, maybe like feeling like missing out, like on your family. I think like the, the lyrics, it says, uh, my absence was always my escape. I wasn't in the best place. Your owed memories I can't restore, not stories of Wayfair and folklore. Like, all those memories yeah. that you should have had, but I was gone. Like, yeah. I can never restore those, and I missed all those. Maybe the first time, like, our kid crawled or our kid, you know, said dada or whatever. Um, and you don't deserve the stories of the touring. T- touring, and, like, you won't believe what happened on the bus. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I, I feel like that in my life, too. Like, this idea, like... Dude, I'm I'm a busy guy. I, I always I'm a yes guy. You know that you're one of your favorite movies, Yes Man. Yeah. Like that's me, dude. And I don't even have like a curse on me. <laughs> you know, like people ask me at work to do something. I'm like, yes, sounds great. And all of a sudden, like today, this is this is my life today. For example, so I get up at like six and I go to work and I work um, until two twenty when the bell rings and then at two thirty I go to football practice and then. At 5.30, I'm done with football practice. And then I had a meeting in the district office for naming our gym at 6 <laughs> o'clock. And then I got home at like 7. You know what I mean? And I haven't Woo. even seen my kids, and now it's bedtime. Yep. You know? And yep. so, like, all the things that I'm doing in my life are, like, important, and I think they're super important. It's similar. I'm like, man, I just spent an entire day where I saw my kids for, like, maybe two hours crazy that's that's, yeah in some ways not right you know and it makes you think you know and so i i can totally understand where he's coming from and i think a lot of people are like me right where work in certain times of your life like takes over and your family has to pay the price yeah and you're kind of stuck between the two right out on a tightrope and it's like you can't slip you can't mess up yeah because you're gonna fall and right. you're going to mess up one of the other two sides and stuff. You know, there's that saying like, uh, your kids are never going to remember, you know, looking back on, a, on a, you know, on your childhood or their childhood or whatever, yeah. the extra work you put in it at your job. They're yeah. not going to remember that. Yeah. And neither is your boss. Neither is your company. No yeah. one is going to remember, boy, Gary put in 70 hours that one week. Good for him. Right. But they will remember... 
your kids will remember those nights where you had to work late and they didn't get to see you and they had to go to bed. Yes. And you know that, I don't know who said that or where that saying's from, but yeah, it hits me a lot because you know I'm a salary guy, and they're like, yep. you know, get your work done when you get it done, and sometimes I got to work a lot to get my work done. Right. And as you get older, you get more responsibilities. I mean, that's just what it comes down to, too. Yeah. Right. Like taking on a ton of workload isn't a big deal when you're not married with kids. Yeah, when it's like you got to take your kid to Taekwondo tonight at four, and it's like I have a meeting at four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I said I would do this. Oh no! Like how how are we gonna manage this? Yeah, yeah. And so like it talks about that too. Um, later in the song, it says I had taken on too much. It took over me, longing for what I had when I was young. Um, my responsibilities are choking me. Like this idea of like when you're younger, it's so much easier. And I think about like us in college, like how easy it was, man. <laughs> like we had. We didn't think it was easy. But we're like, always we complaining about how like we're so busy that we don't have time. Like, yeah, we had no responsibilities, dude, other than our classes, which was like three hours a day, you know. <laughs> and so it's just it's 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 so interesting. Um, and so I think you're right, and I think I think this is one of those where you can listen to it and like you got to got to put it in check. Like you got to be. I have to be able to say no sometimes. Like mm-hmm. as a as a dad, I'm gonna be there for my kid, you know? And yes, it's important to make money and support your kid, but like you said, they're not gonna remember me working until seven PM every night. Yeah. So here's my thought. As of late I've been busy with all this stuff, but Father's Day is this Sunday. So what I'm doing, like they asked me, like, what do you want for Father's Day? I'm going. I said, I want to go to Chuck E. Cheese with you guys, and I want to play <laughs> games with you for like two. You hours. have to watch me play it. No, I just want to play. With, I want to. I want to play with you guys, like you know, shoot hoops and do ski ball and all that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I think like that something, like the idea of like we're gonna do something that hopefully they're like, well, that one time we went Father's Day for Chuck E. Cheese. That was awesome. You know, yeah. Um, doing those things is like gonna is the real balancing act. Like, I don't know. It shouldn't be a tightrope though, right? You you should always have to, you should make time for your family. That should be the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's why I like the song because I can definitely relate. Do you like it better now? My problem, I think, was just uh, like lyrically and the way it rolled didn't match the way my brain thinks August Burns Red normally does. Mm, yeah. So like the way it went just felt very off tempo or I don't know, almost unexpected, right? Sure. Like this is an interesting song. Is it at, like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sure. I, re- I appreciate the lyrics a little more cause I didn't, I didn't fully relate to them. So sure. Sure. Fine. Yes. You caused me to like the song a little more. Credit for Tyler. All right. Let's do the next song. What's the next song? Fool's Gold in a Bear Trap. Okay, so Fool's Gold in a Bear Trap is a song that I wasn't expecting you to pick at all. It's a tr- it feels like a transition song 
right? Um, but there is some cool elements to it. Like it's uh, like three minutes long. That's not it a, is. That's not a transition song. That's a normal song <laughs> compared to what we've been going over. Maybe, but <laughs> the, the intro is so long though, right? This like non-lyric intro is yeah. super long. It's that atmospheric, like setting the tone, like things are kind of weary or eerie feeling. Um, but then when the lyrics do come in eventually, and that bass is just like delicious. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do really, really like it. I think the bass in this album is definitely featured more in certain areas. And maybe that comes with the musical space and this atmospheric type of instrumentation they were going for. But I really, really like the sound of the bass and Jake screaming. This song always sticks out to me whenever I listen to the album because when they come in, yeah, it just takes all of your attention. Yep. And you have to be like, wait, what? Um, I just love, so the long build, right? It's probably a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, slowly getting louder, slowly adding another instrument here and there, right? Uh, but there's a part, if you have good headphones, you'll hear it. Where he very quietly, someone yes. whispers, "There is a," yeah. and then he, they just scream and blast beats go, and he <laughs> screams "World," and it goes nuts, right? Yeah. And it's just like, "Whoa, what is happening? Where am I?" Um, and so it just very snaps you out of this like quiet thing, and I think that's the the bear trap part of the song, right? It um, got you. But lyrically, it's it's just a song that's like a, a warning that yeah. the world is hard. Like, it's rough out there, and no one's out there to do you any favors. Talks about, like, getting backstabbed. Um, yeah, just... Uh, so it's kind of just like a, I don't know, a shock kind of song. But it, it definitely builds into backfire, uh, musically. I guess lyrically, too. Um, and and that transition that it does to that and straight into backfire is so good. Like, you don't yeah. even notice it happens. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's great. What's not to like, Tyler? I mean, yes. It's almost like we don't do it justice by not doing backfire. Like, we should have just done the two as a one combo, right? But maybe that's what the bonus episode's for. Like, you listen to this and listen to Fool's Gold, and then you get on Patreon and you listen to backfire. Yeah, yeah, we'll catch you up on the the whole. I think the whole listening base is like, oh, they're doing backfire, and we're not going to do backfire. Like that's well, a think, pretty popular song, dude. We've the, skipped the two singles. <laughs> we have that backfire is and ancestry so far. So I, I guess it's clickbait, right? Maybe. Ooh, that's interesting. No, I do like this song. I really do, and I think like the when it does come in, it's that bear trap and the blast beats and the. I'm putting quotations up because Gary doesn't like it. Black metal, like feel like I, I, I really like that. And I think it's good. And I, I love the warning, the idea of like, I think it's the ending lyrics. Actually, it says, don't make significant decisions based on the path of least resistance. Like this idea of like the easy way out is not the right way. You know, never take that way. If you're, there's going to go like, trying to get the fool's gold it's not even real gold in a bear trap like you're gonna lose a lake dude yeah you know i like I mean? that line you know line them up watch yeah. the legs snap one by Yikes. one yeah dude and if you've ever seen a bear trap like those things are 
and you just like feel it even if it's not set it's like dude this thing is just setting it this will jack you up i mean it's obviously meant for a bear so yeah it's gonna jack your leg up dude you know and it's like this warning and i like i try to live by this idea of like if you do like what you love you'll love what you do um Famous quote by the guy. If you can't do, teach. (laughs) Yes. Famous quote by Ray Bradbury, Fahrenheit 451, right? Like, if you can find something that you love to do, like, you'll never work a day in your life. Like, super cheesy, whatever. But, like, I think there's something to that, right? Like, you might not make the most money or whatever, but if you find a passion that you actually love, like your life will feel like you're it's it's worth living in some ways, right? Like you're you're passionate, you're fulfilling, you're doing all these things. I'm excited to see how this ties into a, being a bear trap or something. Like it's this idea of like so many people just want to take like, well, I'm gonna do this because it makes more money, or I'm gonna do this because this is like oh, the, the path easy of way. least resistance. This is the least resistance. Oh, I, I'm gonna go do this instead of taking a risk and doing something I actually like. Right, and then you're just working for the weekends, and then you're working, and goes back to tightrope, and you're working a bunch of hours because you make a ton of money being, I don't know, a pediatrician or something, and you hate a kids. host to an awesome <laughs> podcast, that... right? Like it's just it to me, it's like that is scary because it's really easy to go on the path of least resistance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, obviously, and it's probably not the best thing for you in your life. Yeah. So that's the bear trap. And Dude, I got really, it. I was like, how, is he going to talk about how he really wants to build bear traps? <laughs> and I'm back at it. Yeah, Where bear are traps going? are my passion. I should have gone into bear trap making. Yeah. Instead, you're a teacher. <laughs> so I think with that, we can move on to the next song. Uh, and I will preface this. This is my favorite song on the album. And the song is Revival. So I've said this is my favorite song on the album, and I think it is because it's like back to their roots. Like this is the best of August Burns Red, like the, what they do here. Um, and I, before I get into that, I mean lyrically too, it's something that's relatable to a lot of people. It's yeah. like getting out of rock bottom, surviving and conquering your struggles and making yourself better, right? To, yes. to stop falling like this. Um, and I don't know just for me it's like that guitar tone like yeah 100% like I don't know not even like a one minute in this like I don't know like one of those like air siren sounding guitar tones it's kind of like just a laser um, 
And with the way Jake holds out his screams and draws them out, yeah. it's just like, oh man, this is heavy. I am pumped. It makes you make a face. Those guitar tones are just so good. I totally agree. I think just from the start, the intro riff just yeah. gets you going, right? It's just like high flying, like metalcore at its finest. And that's, that's what I wrote. Like, this is metalcore at its finest. Three exclamation points. Oh, because, no. Because, like, because it really is, right? There's like so much to this. Um, and it's for sure, for me too, Gary, this is my favorite song on the entire album. And. I don't know, though, if it is, like, just a typical August Burns Red song, though. Like, it's good metal. It's it's great metalcore. But I don't know if it's, like, this is August Burns Red. Hmm. I think there's a lot of different elements. Like, even that intro riff. Like, that's not a typical August Burns Red intro riff. I don't know. Like, I, I think back to, like, Messengers or Constellations. No like, way. That's the kind of vibe I get on this. Like, that intro reminds me of, like... I can't even, like, think of it. Like, some... Like disturbed or something. What, dude? Yeah, I don't like like <laughs> not even like real like our scene of metalcore. I like, guess like an interesting. Like, Is it just the riff? Is it the tone? Like I think it's both. I don't know, dude. Yeah, listen to it right now. I'm gonna mm. listen to it right now. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it is. Okay, here we go. Oh, for sure. Okay, like, I get, like, once it stops and, like, pauses, it's like a wage war feel. But, like, I don't know, man. There's something, there's just, like, mainstreamish metal riff, but and then it gets into, like, just, like, sweet, awesome, stank face, like, chugginess later on, you know? And I think it's really good, but it, to me, it's not, like, what we've got from August Burns Red in the past. Hmm. I think that one thing that's really different is how low Jake screams in it. There is that too. And yeah. he's like super low with that high guitar that's like wing wing wing. Oh yeah, I love Just, that. You too. know. And I think we said Norma Jean kind of had that tone and it sounded like pissed off bees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lasers, whatever, you know. It's great. Um I love the part of the song that I just know in the mosh pit's going to get nuts when he says teach me to see in the night. Yeah. And it's just this yeah. chunky, chunky, Dude. chunky. Like, I just felt elbows getting thrown at me. Yes. And I was alone in the room. I'm like, <laughs> get off of me, you know, already. Um, and there's several lines in here that just really stick out. Um, I really like the, I gave terror a face, but now it's filled with fractures. The proof isn't on my fist. Yeah. And, you know, just fighting his demons, right? Beating up yeah. the stuff that is terrorizing him uh but uh i don't know there's some fun imagery like that too and this was written by jake and i feel like those are the songs that lyrically i connect with more sure i don't know uh but yeah how about the breakdown i mean it's it's great i think for me like my favorite part is just like you said the teach me to see in the night and like that is just like when you hear that anywhere you have to literally like just like bite your lip and be like you know like dude i took my car and i just rammed the car next to me i'm like let's go bang yeah it's like you automatically get a shot of adrenaline you're ready to go um like the song so much because it is still versatile like it does have the kind of go back down come back up and 
part of it is i think thematically with the lyrics this idea of like hitting absolute rock bottom not just like some problems in your life mm-hmm. right not just like oh man this is tough right now we're going through money issues we're having this, some temporary issues this is like absolute rock bottom yeah and choosing to defeat it and survive and come right. out right instead of just accepting this is where i'm at and so like I think this goes along kind of with what Jake, his like his passion, his heart support kind of ministry that he does. Yeah, yep. um, there's just a lot of like people that I think can relate to this that feel just like there's no hope, right? When you hit that rock bottom, uh, how do you see an exit? Yeah. And so I think this is part of like where he finds like Jake through this like come back as we'll talk about found like a voice how he can help how he can share the gospel and show that there is a hope um i just recently hung out with a a buddy um from college over the weekend and he talked that he actually wrote in and and to heart support and they talked on on uh, about him Hmm. on there and read his his question and stuff and so like even people in my life have been affected by that positively so i think that's awesome and it speaks to the things that jake is doing and that august burns red has done for now 20 years yeah yeah it's kind of that this is like an anthem song for for people yeah to do that you know and like so there's like this bridge in the song where the guitar kind of stays the same but the tone totally changes and becomes more doodly more noodly (laughs) yeah um and that's like how it builds into this breakdown when he's like this is only the start of my comeback. Yeah. Boom, big breakdown. But that outro bridge after that breakdown is like it's like that bridge guitar riff, but it's yeah. in the outro where he's just like screaming, I just want to feel something. I just want to f- feel feelings. I just yeah. want to feel anything. Right. And like the way that he does that screaming and like with the music that's like very like I don't know, hopeful. Like, it mm. makes you feel like, you know, we can come out of this. And yeah. just the way the song is so brutal at the beginning and comes out so hopeful, uh, it's just, it's a super fun song. And despite what you think, I'm still saying that this is like August Friends Red. <laughs> their their best songs are this kind of structure. Yeah, I can I can feel, I mean, I can feel that. I, I do think, like, too, and I, you said this at the very beginning, like, the songs that Jake writes, like, we identify with maybe more and it is probably because he's a lot of times he's writing from him, his heart, and he is writing in a Christian perspective. And I think we see that in a lot of his lyrics, right? And not, not saying like other band members aren't. Um, I did watch this one interview that Matt Griner gave and he said he wrote one lyric for this entire album. Oh, and it was on the reckoning. Or on Reckoning, excuse me. Oh, I can't wait to know what it is. Yeah. One lyric, and that's it. That's crazy. And, which he, used he to said write was, a lot. Yeah, which he said was very different because he he usually writes a ton. So most of it was Jake and Brent. I thought JB and Brent wrote most. Lyrically, it was mostly Brent huh. and Jake, it sounds like. Hmm. From Matt's interview. Cool. And maybe, maybe JB wrote some too but well i mean 
it's hard to. to say, right? Because like it's like, oh, who wrote this song? Well, I did, and this person did. It's like, oh, well, right. there's a lot more than just lyrics that get written. Right? True, right? And it's like the majority. So I think there's also this like idea of like probably working together on it and stuff. And yeah, in studio and refining. Refining, yeah, yeah. You got my two favorite songs on here, and we've talked about the first one. I already know what the second one is, so that's cool. <laughs> Maybe. So actually, my second favorite song we're not talking about. Or no, we are talking about. And I'm stoked for it. So and That's the next song we're going to do, here's right? Here's what happened, guys. <laughs> I'm going to preface this. Gary threw me a curveball. He's like, wait, we're not doing Dark Divide? You're the one that highlighted this stuff, man. And like sent a it week to me. ago. And so Mem- we were supposed hard. to do The Abyss on this episode but we're now doing the we're doing dark divide for gary and the abyss will be on our bonus yeah so without further ado further sorry for those that wanted to hear the abyss true but you can still hear it but here we're moving on the next song dark divide Dark Divide. I'm glad we squeezed this one in because I didn't know how much I liked it until I wrote my notes on it. Ooh. Uh, but, you know, lyrically, nothing too crazy. Division of people. People are fighting. No one's finding common ground. Why can't we all get along? Coexist. There's one line that I kind of chuckle at and I, I don't like it because it's so obvious. When he says, walk with your enemy and you'll see you're on the same path. It's like, well, yeah, you're you're walking. Stop. Look at your. That's the point, dude. (laughs) But no, dude, that's so that's so deeper because like we look at it and we like look at the other side of the aisle of whatever you believe, and you're like, oh my gosh, country's going down, right? And it's like you really look at it, and there's not as much separation as you would like to think. Like that's no, I, I get the metaphor. I just mean, if you take it literally, Absolutely. It's like, okay. you get on a boat with another person and you see you're sailing together. It's like, well, you think? Okay. Anyway, it's I my mind is over analytical. But besides that, like, this is probably my second favorite song, and I think it's all because of the music. I love... The, like that guitar hum- harmonic that's going Dude, on. So many harmonics. So cool. It's like a grungy, grungy like doodly do of guitar riffs. <laughs> you don't like my doodly do? It bring it brings it back to like two uh, thousands new metal. Like everyone was doing harmonics back then and now. 
not as much, right? And so it's interesting to have a song just like packed full of them. Well, yeah, and I think as soon as you do that, someone remembers another song another band did, and they're like, right. oh, you sound like these, oh, you're yeah. ripping off, you know, these guys. And I've heard their accusations from this song with various bands. Um, I don't care. I like it. But yeah, I think this is totally a, like, mosh pit song. For sure. Uh, I think it was, you know, like on the last album on Guardians, they had that one song. Blood. Letter. Blood Letter. There it is. That was totally a mosh pit song, right? And I think this one is too, just because it's like, there's like lines that are, we've been trading blows, now everybody's bloody. Yeah. We're ready to go. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's so much about this. Um, so there's a song we didn't talk about, right? Right before this, it builds into it, Sevink. Yeah. We'll talk about it more on our bonus episode. But that song, I think that whole song is in this song as the bridge. Oh, I never, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it's literally, so when the bridge comes in, you get like, it's it's like that same like uh, electronic sounding, uh, you kind of hear someone talking robotically. Yeah. Um, but the only difference is there's a drum in this version, yeah. right? That's just like tick, 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 like we're going to go. Um, but I love the way that it kind of calls back to that, uh, to, to pull it in. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, honestly, like, I think Savink and Dark Divide, if that's even how you say it. Oh my gosh. Savink is knives backwards. There you go. So anyway. That's if, an Easter egg, bro. We just figured it out. Yo. Um, I was like, that's such a weird word. What could it mean? Uh, so if you listen to the two together, I feel like it's such a better experience than just jumping into Dark Divide. Yes. Though I love Dark Absolutely. Divide. Absolutely. But, and the way it ties in with that bridge, I think is just super cool. Uh, and it kind of like brings you back to the beginning and resets you because out of that bridge is like the same beginning of this song with those cool guitar harmonics. And you're like, yes, we're doing it again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and there's, there's a lot of cool lyrics and imagery about like, you know, people fighting and not getting along. Um, burning bridges were halfway across. Uh, just i mean i so i uh, this is like up my alley right it's that that kind of song and i don't know who wrote this one but you know i think burning bridges like at some point like you just have to if you're a metalcore band you have to say that lyric you have to talk about right I, I already i think okay obviously haste today um day to remember you never think, know how many I think bridges bring you bring me the yeah i think bring me the horizon did it <laughs> and now august burns red is beautiful it's a beautiful lyric um, for me, like I do like it's, it is a mosh pit song, but like, man, like this lyrical theme, like that's what gets me like going, man. Like I am 100% in the alley of like this, like divide we have not just politically or whatever, and not just in the United States, but like everywhere is like, nobody can listen to another person's opinion that they don't agree with and not get pissed off. Like, so you're like that monkey from uh, Planet of the Apes. Can't we all just get along? No, we don't have to get along, but we don't have to be absolute idiots. Like, you know, like we look at it and if one person has an opinion and you, you just literally like all of a sudden, like I see this all the time, but even especially in the church, like there are people that truthfully believe, and maybe it's Gary, I don't know. There are people that believe like you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian. Like there's people that believe that, like absolutely, that's it. Right. Without even hearing out a reason why somebody would want to vote a different way, you know, or maybe even looking at like their their um, 
walking in their shoes, like empathy. It's mm-hmm. just, well, well, looks like you're a baby killer, not a Christian, you know? And it's like, man, and like, it's just crazy how we have this like set and then the vice versa, right? Like you have people that look at a, a Republican or whatever and they're like, oh my gosh, you're a Republican? How can you be a Christian? You're automatically a racist. You know, and people like just believe those things Yeah. when it's like, man, there's no, there's no truth in, in, in that doesn't mean like, that's what you are. We just automatically pick these sides. There's this divide between us, and you are this, and you're all this. Yeah, no and I think a lot of that. I think it's human nature to build boxes and put people in them. Like, yes, not, not literally right. people, but <laughs> just stuffing people in boxes. But like, you know, you're like, okay, like this is a Christian. Here's my box. Right. And if you're not in this box, if you don't match these four walls, you're gonna go in a different box. And, like, you have to go in one. You can't go in two. Right. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, you could you could say this about anything, right? It doesn't have to be, like, politics or religion or, like, it could just be music, right? Sure. That band's not metalcore. Yeah. They did guitar harmonics. That's that's <laughs> rock. Yeah. You know, like, it could, it could be anything. But it's just, I feel like that's just something humans do. We sure. We define something and people... You hear one detail about their life or one decision, you know, I vote a Democrat, boom, you're a Democrat in my box of definition. Therefore, like you are all kinds all of these. evil. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which you are, Tyler. I mean, for sure. You, are, you are all kinds of evil. But like you look at it too, and I, I, I agree. I agree. It's, it has been that way. But like it just from the perspective of just looking at our lives, like – it just is getting deeper and deeper and the divide is just growing is what I see is what I like. I look at it and it's like, man, it wasn't like this 10 years ago, man. It wasn't like this 15 years ago or whatever. It was different, right? There wasn't like this huge divide. I mean, that's the, I think the best way to put it. And it's like, man, like if we could just figure out some things that we can all agree upon, then life would be better for so many more people. But we can't. You know, I don't think it's getting deeper. I don't think it's getting worse. I think it's always been like this. It's just we're getting older. We're experiencing life more. We see scenarios arise or situations come up, and we're in arguments and debates with people where we see it, and it's like, oh, the whole world's getting worse. Remember when you were in elementary school and we just argued about what Pokemon was better? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't think the world's getting necessarily worse, right? But I think people are absolutely looking at that like... Dude, I mean, this this happens, man. It's like I have a uh, – I'm not going to – it's a person that – You have a person so far. <laughs> yeah, we're it's hard to doing... say. So this person came up to me, um, and we're both Christians, and he knows that I'm a teacher. And, he, like, he's just so, like, was so serious on this, was, like, asking me. And he said, do you guys have litter boxes in your classrooms? Like, so serious because he heard it somewhere, right? Like for Saw cats? it somewhere litter boxes for kids that identify as cats or animals right like that was his idea <laughs> okay and and i laughed at first like i literally like laughed because i thought he was joking and, and he's and like I saw straight his, face like saw his face and boom it's just straight face i'm like <laughs> no no we don't like i mean it's like that, that's what people people see and all of a sudden they're like i will you know they they hear this one thing and then it's boom it's like this divide like well and I it can't. has to be truth too right if it's against what they yeah. they believe 
Right. It's like, here's this bad thing about people that you don't agree with. And they're like, ah, that's true. Right. You know, like you, you hear about it all the time. Like, and part of it too, isn't necessarily like this, the fault of the people, but like the, the media that we consume is tailored to what we want to hear. Right. Or what we don't like of the other side. And so all of a sudden, like you're getting all this. And I mean, that gets clicks that gets shares that gets views that all, all that stuff. And so, you see that one school happened to one school somewhere. It's like, oh, my God, it's all over the United States. Yeah. Right? Or the other way. like It doesn't help that the media portrays it that way. Right. Schools are now doing this. It's singular. School now did that. Right. The teacher doesn't work there anymore. Well, and, like, the big thing, too, like, and this is part of just, like, you got to you gotta just turn it off, like, sometimes the news. Because, like, if, if, if you just consume it, you think, like, every city in the United States – is literally just gunfights, you know? Like, I always tell the story um, of this one interview I saw, and it was, like, these people that were from um, China, and they were going to ask if they wanted to visit the United States, and, like, what they've seen what they that, that's been portrayed in the United States. They're, they're, they were scared. Yeah. But I can't go to the United States because, like, I'm going to die and I'm going to get shot up, you know, because all they see is gunfights. And it's like, well, yeah. I mean, does, are there shootings? Yeah, but, like... It's not you can walk down streets in big cities and you're not just gonna get like you could live your whole out. life and not ever see or hear one. Right. Like that's it's just what's being portrayed. And so obviously like the portrayal of media is lending itself to this huge divide. And maybe that's part of it too, is we're so maybe it feels like the divide's getting bigger because we have so many ways now to consume news. Or media. Well, yeah. It's not yeah, just any information at all. Yeah right or wrong you know truth or fiction it's like we can we can see anything so i think uh so kind of on the same topic same you know thread of the song of division and not not getting along i mean so we both well i grew up in the christian metal scene and there's like lately there's been all this like these bands that have been stepping away Right. right and some of them are just like no we're still christians we just aren't doing christian songs anymore yeah. We don't want to be identified that way, right? Because it feels weird to be like, yeah, we're a Christian band. Your song's about, you know, fighting and division or whatever, but and not Christian, right? Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, you have people who are, you know, I'm not a Christian anymore. I've toured my whole life. I don't have a church family. I don't have any, you know, like, anyway. And so you see these people, I'm, I'm bringing up Striper now, um, who post on these Facebook groups and stuff that I'm in that are like, Striper is not a Christian band anymore because they played at a bar and a non-Christian band opened right. for them. And it's like, where, where are they supposed to play? Like at churches? Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like you have this expectation now that they did this, they failed you and they can't be a Christian anymore. And it's like, you know, and I, I read the comments and they're all over the place, dude. Right. Yes, you got yes. the, the few, that have they are sane these are normal people they have excellent viewpoints with like two likes then you have the wild crazy overreactors that or the bandwagoners they just have tons of reactions yeah and they're way at the top and it's like yikes this looks so bad like a non-christian looking at this conversation (laughs) oh boy yeah dude it's embarrassing and like I'm I'm glad no one is like looking at those things and oh well, they probably they might be and being like this is what Christians are like. And it's like 
Many people were just like me and scrolled through that and reacted the same way. Probably started typing something a hundred times, delete, 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 and just moved on, right? Yeah. Don't even post anything. It's not worth the energy. Yeah. Like, anyway. I no, I, I think it's a good point. And I, I saw this actually really recently too with uh, Wolves at the Gate, right? So they cover a Oh, they cover Heathens. Yeah. Right? And all of a sudden people are like, they're not Christian anymore. It's like, dude, it's a cover song. And... What, who, when did anyone ever have to, like, when did they say we're only going to do Christian music? Like, it's so crazy to me that people can just pull out this, like, like you said, man, it's a box. Like, Wolves at the Gates in this box, if they do anything different, then they're dead to me, you know, or whatever. And it's like, man, that's crazy. You got to be kidding me. Like, yeah, and I Wolves think at the a, Gate, if you guys hear this, I really like the song. Yeah, I appreciate good. it. You did a cover EP before. Yes. Do another one. I'd love to hear it. And, and it's like, funny because they did that so long ago. And most, if not all, most of those, I think there were some, aren't even Christian songs either. Yeah. So, I, like, it's not like they haven't done it before. Yeah. Gosh. And it's just like, that That too, man, it's just like this frustrating piece of like. It's like they think that our brothers in Christ lost their salvation because they covered a radio popular yeah. song. And then we wonder why these bands or these members and bands sometimes get fed up with Christian fans. Yeah. We wonder why because they yeah, they're berated are... by the secular yes. world for being Christians. Yep. They're berated by Christians for not living up to their expectations, not putting the band Christian up enough. on a pedestal, given yeah. unrealistic expectations on how to be a human. And everyone's got their eye on everything they do. Every social media post, like... It's just it's just unreal. Like people treat these people like if they sin, they're not a Christian. And I'm yeah. not saying that drinking is a sin or covering right. a song is a sin. I'm not saying that at all. It's just anyway. it's it's weird, like I don't know, like even us, dude, like we don't wanna we're not gonna cuss on this podcast. But like Yeah, we also, normally swear like sailors. No, we every we day. don't, but like I think there's that feeling of it like for me sometimes like I can't do that. Like if I do that, people are just going to think that I'm not a Christian. If I say a bad word, which like the, obviously that is nothing to do with your salvation, you know, but you're, right. you're put into a box and it's like, sometimes that's not okay. Yeah. And, and I get that. Like, you know, so a lot of people will look at a new band and go, huh, I wonder if they're Christian and not even look at the lyrics. They'll see a song with explicit and go, right. not a Christian. Yeah. Right. Boom they're not next next band right like automatically putting labels on them just because of that and i get it right if you truly are a christian band where your lyrics are glorifying christ you probably don't have dark or foul or offensive language what about king's kaleidoscope that's different (laughs) (laughs) but i you get like what i'm saying is like like i mean it's an easy way to set apart but i think people just because they're Christians, you know, and they put out their music, they immediately go like, oh, they must be a Christian band, so it must be worship music. Mm-hmm. And then they find out that the lyrics aren't that Christian. They're yeah. maybe worldly. Maybe they're struggling with something that, you know, whatever, and they want to vent about it on a song. And yeah. people go, oh, you can't use music as an outlet to, you know, try to improve your mental health or whatever, but right. I don't know. I'm on a soapbox and I don't even know where I'm going well, with it. And I think the transition back into this too, like August Burns Red is, is a, is a 
great example of most of their stuff is not, I would say, most of their songs are not like Christian or definitely not explicitly Christian. Yeah, for sure. Right? And I wouldn't even call them a Christian band. But no I see way. them on like all these Christian things. Yeah. Like playlists. They're on like Radio U and stuff. And like just a lot of Christian things. And I don't think they've had a real Christian song. Like maybe the last song on this album, the one we'll do next, is Christian. Yeah. We'll see we'll see when we dig into lyrics and stuff and 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 another thing, like, I think about, too, like, okay, so you have, you know, a couple members or a few members in this band that are Christian, right? Members in a band. In Under Oath specifically, which is interesting, recently it was just said there's still members of Under Oath, a few, that are still Christian. Yeah, they're keyboardists, right? dude. He's a, they're he's a... members of the Devil's Product that are Christian. So it's not like they're not there. Yeah, but we take like an August Burns Red and say, well, they don't cuss, so I mean, obviously that they're Christian. But it's amazing, like you look at the backlash they get for just saying. So look back at the past like ten years, right? All the yeah. bands that have stepped back and said, we're not a Christian band anymore. Yeah, they got some bad backlash in the Christian community, but the secular community didn't care. Right. And then you know, two albums later, they're like accepted by the christian you know the some christians and secular but i feel like it's the really harsh judgmental people that are like you said you're a christian but you wrote a song like this you said you're a christian but i saw you on tour doing this you know and it's like i feel like there's just so much pressure and expectations put on them and if they could just step away if they could shed that responsibility that they did not choose right they then things would be easier for him life would get better and i feel like that's just the route people are going now i think so i think that's a great point and is it wrong like what are like it's interesting because our podcast is literally covering heavy music in the christian scene right like yeah we we struggle with this all the time like what is that <laughs> right like because yeah. we've done we've done multiple episodes on bands that have explicitly said they're not christian bands anymore anymore or yep. never were yep and so like what is it you know is it just if there's christians in a band that that's the christian scene or is it something more i mean i don't even know and i'm just talking at this point but it's like I don't know if we're ever going to get a point to where like you have bands like for today that are breaking into the quotations mainstream of the genre. Like, I don't know if we're going to have that. Yeah. I mean, I I think we will again. Um, I think there's definitely a difference, right? And we've talked about this on other episodes. So (laughs) we're sorry for those that have listened to every episode and they're like, you guys, no, they like it. I think it's really important, dude. Is that, I think there's a difference to be made in like a ministry focused band. So like haste the day has said that they were a ministry focused band, right? So when they go on tour back in the day, there was no drinking. They all had to be together at night. Like there's like expectations on each other. Like we're going to live godly lives in a public portrayal to everyone. 
And when someone in the band was like, I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't want to do that. I want to drink on tour. I want to do this on tour. They're like, sorry, you have to leave the band. And the world blows up, right? Right. <gasps> they kicked a guy out because he didn't have the same beliefs. It's like, well, the guy knew what he was signing up for. They knew from the beginning it was a ministry band. And but so even they've that. said now, they've said now that they regretted that. They shouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah, they wish that they weren't as strict. But yeah. maybe it's for the best that they were. Like, yeah. who knows? Um, because most of those guys went on to do ministry. Yeah. Like being worship directors at churches, being pastors. Like, um, but then there's, there's Christian bands that are like, I don't want to give an example, but you know, they're, if you didn't know they were a Christian band and you listened to them, you'd be like, and you know, someone's like, Hey, do you know they're a Christian band? You'd be like, what? Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Like, how, how do you not know? Yeah. Right. Are you really a Christian band? If they don't know, then maybe you're just Christians. And that's, and like, truthfully, that's 90% of what our scene is. Well, and I think some of that too, is that, you know, the, the Christian parts are put behind screaming vocals. So it's like, Oh dude, that guitar is cool. Oh, there's That's such a crazy scream. I don't know what he's saying. Right. You know, it just feels like to me, that that there was a time in 2005 to 2015 a decade of outspoken christian metalcore and it wow. just isn't right now now maybe it comes back but there are some bands but they are not at the top of the genre at all those bands right. in 2005 to 2015 were at the top of the genre right some of them still are they're just not christian they still are they're just not christian exactly yeah and so like i don't know if it ever comes back but it's like yeah are we just are we just gonna have underground music and they get you know you have bands that get fifteen thousand plays a song like is that what our genre is because you think of, I mean, there's obviously bands that are coming up that like do that like i think of like bloodlines is very outspoken Right, mm-hmm. they're not the top of the genre though. Plays they deserve wise. to be. They're so I think good. so. They're great. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Yeah, but it's like it's a very just like it almost I feels depressing. Saying, yeah. But it's is it like I don't know. Honestly, play counts don't bother me. Like I actually like when I find a band that has barely any plays and I love it. Right, like, but those bands I are not going to. Yes, but those bands are not going to tour. Those bands are not going to do that. Like, they might, but, like, you're never going to... Yeah, I get that. Right. You have less enjoyment as a listener because you might not be able to see them live. They might not put out more music. You know, I I get that. Yeah. So that's just, like, a really interesting, like... But, like, in 2005, later, like, bands were coming out, and we know for a fact they lied about being Christians so they could get on those Christian tours, scream the prayer. So they could because get it was in a, those Christian bookstores where all those kids are buying all those albums all the time. It's the top of the genre, right? Like yeah. that's that's what happens because of it. And so I don't even know. There might there might be the same amount of missional, outspoken Christian bands now as there were back then. Right? It's not a very high percentage. Like we can't we probably couldn't name twelve that are actively making music right now that are like missional focused bands. I couldn't. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I can pick all the bands right now off the top of my head. Um, 
but that's an interesting thought, right? What is the Christian heavy music scene? Yeah. Are we are missional bands disappearing? Uh, why aren't they, you know, big? Um, and I, you know, it's probably about money. It's just not profitable. Yes, I agree, man. Yeah. And as a Christian father and husband, I mean, I need money to take care of my family. And being in a missional band, you don't really have that. So it was really just like it's up to this next generation of kids that want to tour the world and take a chance. Right. Um, but, like, and then this is getting us back to August Burns Red. August Burns Red is a band that's been doing it for 20 years. Every two years, like, clockwork, they put out an album. Not missional, but tour. Right. That's what I'm saying. They're not that, though. Like, they are just positive uplifting lyrics with christian um elements in some ways right but they're making a lot of money they have lots of listeners like this is their career yeah right which is why they are always touring because this is what they do a lot of the bands that we um are listening to now that are up and coming that's not what they do they do that as a hobby yeah right and so their work is an actual job yeah, there's so many bands that I wished could be full time. Like, right. if I had all the money in the world, man, I'd help so many of you guys out. <laughs> I really yeah. would. And so you think, of, I mean, Fit for a King's a good example. Like, a lot of them do that. That's what they do full time, right? That's who they are because they're able to make it. But Fit for a King also lyrically, same as August Burns Red, positive, uplifting, some Christian elements, you know? Um, so it's it's just interesting and I think palatable by the Christian worldview. Right. And it's this conversation I think leads us into the last song, which might be the most Christian of these songs on the album. The last song we're gonna do is Reckoning. Reckoning is my second favorite song on the album, and I think most of that is because of Spencer Chamberlain. Really? Like, he's the part that you're yeah, like, dude, just, There's a lot, and we'll get to it, but uh, this, this song starts off just like nasty, chuggy, intro riff, straight to the point. Like, it's, it's what I like about August Burns Red a ton, but this song is also eight minutes long, and it feels like four songs. Right, it just like is split up and it's different, and it's a story. It's like it could have been its, yeah, it could have been split up into multiple songs. I think I don't think it could have. I think so. If it did, I think I think some of those songs would be really, not you know, bland. 
Because I think it builds on itself. I don't know. Like, I get it. And I do I do really like the interlude. interlude. I think that's, like, the biggest piece where it just drops out. But I don't know. Is it that just, right before Spencer comes in? Yeah. But I do feel like it... Yeah, I get it. I get what you're saying. Like, it all kind of works together in this ebb and flow... And it builds and it, it brings it to this like end, but man, like I like the whole thing. Um, and you know, I didn't know how much I liked it. Uh, so when it came out, it came out with a music video, and I remember watching the music video, just being floored. Yeah, like, like we're on a journey here. This is a trip. Yeah, yes. musically, uh, it's like it's taking you somewhere. The guitars are just flowing through all these different riffs, and the tempos are changing. And Jake Lurz is screaming some things that you're like, what is he talking about? And then he screams real low and angry, and you're like, I'm mad too, and I don't know why. And then he, you know, high, shrill screams, and right? Because just like you said, like when it steps out and Spencer comes in, and you're like, I don't know, like is it, it's kind of Silent Planet-like. Yes, oh, that's, uh, good. that's a great comparison. Just some weird things that they're doing, right? Um, but man, there's so many lines in this that just stick out, because as a Christian... Uh, that's kind of like whether it's a struggle or I don't, I don't know it's just so relatable I think and even yeah. Spencer's part kind of surprises me yeah just just because what he talks about um, you know because we know his stance and opinion on things sure and, and I think I think that goes to like who August Burns Red is right there it's not going to be like super like overt and I do know that Spencer wrote the part himself yeah he was given the space to do it and he wrote his own lyrics and i mean you i like that because it feels genuine it feels like he's he does it really well yeah um but yeah like you can from a christian perspective like look at it and be like man like even spencer's lyrics kind of pushed this idea of like your life is not in your control, right? You've got to give up that idea of like holding on to everything because God's will is what's good for your life. You know, like that's the way I look at it. Yeah, that's how I see it. Except I feel like Spencer's lyrics are kind of like, not for me. You know? Possibly, yeah. I could see that. So, okay, since we're just beating around the bush and people are like, what are you guys talking about? Give us an example. Um, and I think one reason this song I really like it so much is because so it's so long. So every time you listen to it, there's little pieces that kind of yeah. stick out differently. But it's also like lyrically, it leaves me puzzled. Like I'm trying to figure this out. Mm. Um, a lot of it's like kind of ambiguous. So it gets me like excited, and then I'll, sometimes I'm like, "Oh, they're not Christians." And I'm like, "No, no, they're definitely Christian." Um, but there's there's just lyrics in it uh, that. Okay, so there's a lyric that says. I know the way you better pray. You know, yeah. I've done enough. And the response was, you won't measure up. Mm-hmm. Like it's not enough. Um, and you know, he says, feeling like you don't know where you stand. And I'm like, I don't know. Does that mean with Christ? Sure. Do I have salvation? Like, I don't know what it means. You know, no matter what I do, I feel I have something to prove. Like you're not good enough. You got to keep going. And it's kind of like a workspace thought. And so this is, you know, my Christian lens looking in. I'm sure if I tackled this song from not that lens, it could be a song about not living up to people's expectations, sure. finding a purpose in this world, f- 
figuring out what the reckoning is that they're talking about. Um, but and, and yeah, and I think there's a there's a line that stuck out to me just because of the way the world is right now with accepting certain sins and, and like having a pride in it is that it says in a world where right and wrong don't belong right the world tells you that there's no sin there's nothing yeah. bad everything's okay everything is permissible right sure that and he says there's no sense of what is justified yeah then he, you know screams judgment day means reckoning for you mm. but i don't know there's just a lot of stuff and i feel like there's a struggle in here too and i really like there's this imagery that I think every Christian and non-Christian uh, can agree with, is that he says this line, my disaster began when I looked up. I was both compelled and condemned. I struggle so hard, I do my best. Like, you're like, oh, Christianity. Like, I'm so curious, who is God? Who's Jesus? What is all this hubbub people talk about about Christian faith? And then you go there and they're like, oh, you're... If you do this, you're sinning. If you do this, you're, it's like ah, okay, right. So I'm I'm condemned. Yeah, I I mean yes, and I think the end like. So first, I want to say like, from my perspective, like take out lyrical content. I'm gonna jump in that second. Like Spencer's interlude, his his or his vocal part like is amazing. Going from him singing talking to screaming it's vintage spencer chamberlain it's what i love about under oath it's awesome and mm-hmm. i think it fits really well here with the guitar that's almost like an 8-bit tone guitar like going on it's like super sick and so love that part i think it adds a ton it's it's it might be the best feature on the album one of my favorite features on any song um just because i think it's so like, you know who it is, you know? Like, yeah. that's part of what I love, too, is because he's so big, especially in our scene. It's like, oh, that's Spencer Chamberlain. And, wow, he's on he's on an August Burns Red song, and that's great. Um, So I love that. Now, on, like, lyrical content, I told you earlier in this episode that on an interview I saw, Matt Griner said he wrote one lyric, and it was in this song. Yes, what was it? He wrote Death Below on a Tightrope. That was it sick which is the album title in this song and the and the and a track and a track tightrope below on a tight and so like he was asked um in this interview like okay so what is like the theme of death below he mentioned this like he's like there's a lot of different themes but i think this could be like the overarching theme is this idea of death below on a tightrope like you are walking your life on this tightrope this idea of like everything like you have to stay on this tightrope and if if you don't if you fall off all that's below is death and you're done like imagine the anxiety in your life if you make one mistake and you're done mm-hmm. or if you do the wrong thing and you're you're gone um and in reality there's not death below it's it's water right and if you make a mistake sometimes that can be it can catch you it's healing it's like this idea of like we're not on a tightrope, you know, you can get back on that, you know, you just go take off for a little bit. And so that's where I think this comes in towards the end, maybe like the hope, like I, I love the ending when Jake comes back in after Spencer. When, well, there's part. that part where Jake and Spencer come back in yes. and they both oh, scream and together. It's, it's so yes. brutal. Yeah. And they, they do talk about grace in that part, don't they? 
Yeah, like the very, very end, you know, that whole idea is um, the reckoning won't bring you hope. Death blow on a tightrope. Take your hands off your life. It won't consume you. The altar will give you life and not kill you. I set my sights on the impossible, endless debt, making grace unstoppable. And so uh, it does talk a little bit about grace, and now it's not necessarily in some people's perspective, probably God's grace, but like our Christian lens, we say, man, that's, that's perfect, right? Like take your hands off of your own life and let God's will lead you. Mm -hmm. Right. And those mistakes that you do make, right. That's okay. It's going to give you life and it's endless, like debt, like this idea of like, I think this goes back to what you said, the lyrics too. Like he says, you know, I've done enough. And then the answer is you'll never measure up. It's okay that will never measure up because God's grace is unstoppable. You know? Yeah. And I, I there's, I like how like hmm, a, a lot of the lyrics and maybe what's interesting too, is that a lot of the sentences, they, they don't like build off of each other. It's just yeah. a sentence. Yeah. Um, and like when he says, is it what you've done or what you'll do in me? I need to know. So I will find peace. And like that's such a struggle, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then, but then, like, how do you how do you not read that and be like, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, belief is believing what you cannot see is another line he screams. You know, right. that's another one. But and and we know Jake wrote this. Jake wrote everything except for Spencer's part. Mm -hmm. And so it's coming from the perspective of a professing Christian that is he's writing this right. And so obviously, like this purpose he's giving out is like. I, his intention is not my will, your will, God, right? Yep. Like that's it, you know. Um, I'm going to take my own hands off my life and let you lead me to where I need to go. Yeah. And so it's awesome because I think this idea of death below on a tightrope, I think that's how we we walk our life sometimes, like scared of the mistake, scared of yeah. falling, taking a risk, and everything below is just like death if that happens. Yeah, there's a... So there is like a biblical reference, right? He says the standard we have for others will be our fate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is totally a Bible reference, and it it kind of played like the other songs. You know, when we took our previous ep song discussion, when we were like you know judging people and putting them in boxes, and like we have right. all these expectations. That standard that we have is yeah. what will be used on us. Yeah, just kind of harsh, but uh. There is one part that I really like. It's, you know, just the way Jake screams it and it goes into a breakdown. But when he says endless arguments with myself, all that remains is the shame. Oh, yeah. that part's There's no awesome. case to be made punched into total darkness. If what I've done imprisons me, then your will sets me free. Yeah. And the way he's like, he just screams free and holds it out. Awesome breakdown. Yeah. Love it. But yeah, when Jake comes in, it's a whole nother song though. T truly is not Jake. When Spencer comes Spencer. in, it's a whole nother song, and he does it. He does it so well, and it's cool. Like the idea of like just setting aside like a space and being like, "Go for it," and then just accepting what's written. Like that's pretty cool. Like to me, um, that a band can do that, and obviously to Spencer too to know like this is an August Burns Red album. I'm gonna. I'm going to write what I think would be good for this song. Um, it just fits really well. And I do know, like, I think it said too on this interview that Dustin, the bassist, like he was a big, like 
part of not like the writing piece, but like the vocal delivery of this song especially. Which is interesting, like how the the vocal should be delivered with the music. And I don't even mm-hmm. think of that ever. Like when a song's being written, I just assume like, oh, that's got to be the lyricist or whatever. But there's that that even goes into creating a song. Yeah. You know? That's like the hardest part too, you know? It has to be, yeah. Like I think about like just taking like a random instrumental song and being like, how would you add words to this? Right. Like how do you, how do you fit words into that? How do you choose when to scream? When do you choose to let the music ride? That's the hard. I think that's the hardest part. Yeah, it's a great song to end. I, whenever, whenever the song's over, I want more. And on Spotify, like when I'm listening on the album, or whatever, and song's over, and then it like goes to the next song, which is a similar to August Burns Red. It'll play Wage War, or oh. the new, you know, whatever, like War of Ages. Similar artists, uh, yeah. Not new War of Ages, new Wolves at the Gate cover. Plays a similar artist. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, dang it. I thought there was another yeah. track. And so I, I do love this track. And I think it ends so strong, right? We started this uh, album with, like, super atmospheric, like, nice ease our way in. And, like, it finishes heavy. So uh, what's your ranking? Overall, I put this at four. What? Number four? Fourth, fourth best, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So out of ten, you're putting it at four. For me, um, I would say uh, in no particular order, Messenger's Constellations leveler. No, okay. Messenger's Constellations, no particular order. Third, leveler. Fourth might be Death Below. Dang. What uh, what's your four? Oh, your fourth. I know your fourth. What's my fourth? It's uh, uh, no, I can't see it. Phantom Anthem. Yeah, that's definitely higher than it. Like I put this ahead of Guardians. I think. Yeah, I do too. Um, I'll put it ahead of Found in Faraway Places. Me too. I'll put it. I don't know. Rescue and Restore used to be so low, but it's so it's growing on me like like crazy. Um. But, you know, it's got to go somewhere. It's not 10th. It's, it's above Thrill Seeker for you. So I would probably put it like 7. 7? Yeah. yeah. You just six. said like four albums ahead of. Thrill Seeker, found in, or, uh, Rescue and Restore. I didn't say that one. Oh, Found in Far, Faraway Places, excuse me. Thrill and Seeker. Guardians. Guardians. And then that one. Then Rescue and Restore. Then Phantom Anthem. Then yeah, level air messengers constellations. I don't know. So there's it's really That's funny tough. when this album came out, right? Everyone's like doing their like album tier, yeah, right on like this. I'm in this August Burns Red fan Facebook page thing, and everyone's like being <laughs> nice about it, you know, like well they're like doing one tier per album. You have to pick right tier right. S, tier A, tier B, and I just put everything on tier S, <laughs> but I put <laughs> Thrill Seeker. <laughs> I care like on F or something and man, the reactions I got, it was hilarious. I was like, since everyone seems to be doing this, here's the correct answer. That's got to be more nostalgia than anything. Because I think even the band would be like, we barely knew how to play our instruments at that point. Like we were 16, 17, like they would have to say like different vocalists. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
But there, I mean, obviously, I think any album you can pick out some songs like, oh, I like that. But like, Thrill Seeker is just so. I don't know. Like, raw. there's a guy on our Discord that I think says Thrill Seeker is their best work. Really? Yeah. I just it just never clicked for me, and like you know, we've said this on the Leveler episode that, like, for me, I didn't get into August Burns Red until Leveler. Mm. I didn't like them before that, and right. I felt like with Leveler, I was like, I understand. Yeah. Uh, and I went back and I loved Constellations. Yeah. And then I liked Messengers. And ever since Leveler, I've been on board like yeah. the whole way. And really, when the Christmas album came out, I was like, I don't know, favorite band? Yeah. Maybe. maybe. Like, because that, that really seals the deal for me. Like, I at all every Christmas, man, I play that album so much. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big piece of why they got why they've continued to be pretty popular among a lot of people because now during Christmas everyone plays their stuff, man. Like, yeah. yeah. All of my coworkers know who August Burns Red is because, because I play the Christmas music yeah. whenever I have a chance. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, like, you know, the metalheads are like, oh, who's this? I'm like, you won't like their music because it's not ACDC or it's not Iron Maiden, but check this out. And they love the Christmas music. Right. Except for like Joy to the World where there's actually words or something. Right. He's actually screaming. Yeah, and they're like, "Yeah, the rest of it, though. Oh, it's so good. It's so amazing. This music's awesome." I'm like, I don't know. But anyway, yeah. no, I think what I love about August Burns Red too, and you see this if you ever see them play a show. Like, and we said this. Like, I think we mentioned every band member talking about the six songs we chose. They're so like integral in like their writing way they do it that. They're all over this thing, right? They've been together for, you know, nearly 20 years as a band that hasn't made lineup changes. And so you'll see at a show that for a song, Dustin is going to be playing guitar and JB's playing bass or whatever, you know, and it's just like they switch it up and like they're yeah. able to do that because they, they write each other's parts and they do that. And so it's it's just cool to see like how they continue to keep growing and I think this is a good piece of like, yes, they're still traditional to their sound, but there's definitely some new pieces in this yeah. album. Well, does that wrap up our episode? Yeah, I think that wraps it up. I got nothing else to talk about. I'm excited to do, uh, do our bonus episode to see what you think about the other songs. I think there might be some arguing on a few. Oh. Um, so thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you like what we're doing, join our patreon yes uh, buy us a cup of coffee on there uh get access to bonus episodes uh we've recently revamped some of it and we're still kind of finding the right groove of things and so if you have opinions and you want us to do things and throw money at us <laughs> we are down we'll do it um so check it out uh follow us on instagram facebook join our discord chat with us and other bands and other people uh, it's really not about our podcast. Right. It's just a Discord server for people who like the same kind of music that we do. Um, so check it out. And you can find our links probably in the bio of this episode or check out our socials or whatever. That's right. So thanks for listening. See you guys. Thank you for listening.